we'll, we'll finish it. All right, uh, and so for the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So the knowledge of his will, that's what we've been looking at in greater, uh, in, more, in more depth. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this word. Thank you for what this word has done in my heart and, and just changed the atmosphere of my heart, my mind, and, and put me into an atmosphere of victory and triumph. And Lord, and all that you have accomplished and all that you've done and try to enter into the reality of, of those things. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I feel greater joy from him. I feel a sense greater rest. Uh, I sense eternity, Lord. And I just pray you do that for every one of us in a world that is um, falling apart. Lord, everything is falling apart fast. We see hurricanes. We see earthquakes. We see unrest. We see lawlessness. All of these things, and Lord, I'm even even the spread of disease, and and so we pray, Father, that your your hand will be upon us. That we know, Lord, we are in the ark. Lord, we are in the ark of Christ, and um, that there is salvation for those who run to you, and that we don't have to perish with the ungodly. And so, Father, help us today to really delight in your word and to really take these things to heart and let them. Lord, inform and define us, Lord, your truth, so that we may grow stronger and stronger in the word of God. And so thank you for this time. We pray your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. What is God's will? That you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. We said clearly that the, when you think of God's will, I want you to think of one word. And what is the one word you should think about? Pleasure. Yeah, God's a God of pleasure. Pleasure does not belong to the world. Pleasure not, doesn't belong to the devil. Pleasure is God's. That's his arena. Um, and so whatever the Lord pleases, that's what he does. And so we began to ask the question, of what, if, what is his particular pleasure? All right. And then um, I'm going to skip for now with Psalm 49 for the sake of time and just go into the significance of Psalm 150. We looked at the last uh, four chapters in Psalm 150. And Psalm 150 is a great psalm. It's a climax of where we're all going to be, all reality in God. Eventually, history as we know it will end. There will be no more history. And God will establish his kingdom, and they will, he will usher in the final, the final state, right? Uh, right? So we're only here for a little while, right? All of us will be dead in 100 years. Is that crazy? In 100 years, all of us will be dead. Some of us, uh-oh. <laughs> Maybe in 20, maybe 10, yeah, <laughs> maybe five, right? Yeah, we don't know, right? But, but all of us in 100 years will be dead. The question, now what? <laughs> right? And that question that God answers in Jesus Christ. Um, there's a final state. You know, this, you know, I should mention that there's two final states. It's the final state for the, for the saints and for the godly, and then there's a final state for the ungodly. And that final state is horrific for the ungodly. It is perfect torment. Like there's I, no rest. All that the final state is in God is the opposite. 
darkness, gloom, depression, restlessness, never satisfied, not even for a microsecond, complete unrest. Think about that. That's what awaits the wicked. We could spend a series on that one. Darkness that can be felt. That's, that's horrific, right? Can, can you comprehend? It's incomprehensible. And there are people that will tell you, and there are Christians that are beginning to fill the YouTube, and, the, and they will, there's a movement saying that hell is no, doesn't exist. And that God never intended to punish the wicked forever. But that he will, undo, he will destroy their soul and that they will, their soul will be extinguished. That's a lie of the devil. But it's, it's gaining traction. But don't believe their lies. They will shall suffer eternal punishment from the presence of the Lord. That's what the Bible says. That's the final state. But we are not, that's not the praise God. That's not the state that we're in. That's not the state that we've been focusing on. We've been focusing on the final state, which Psalm 150 captures in a beautiful way. So what, do you, what, what does Psalm 150 captures? It captures this ultimate reality, this final state where, and let's just read Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the trumpet sound. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbal. Praise him with loud clashing cymbal. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So how do you know that you're, how do you know that you're being fitted for the new heavens and the new earth? How do you know that, you are, you're, that you're being fitted for that state? What would be the sign that you're being fitted for that state? That your praise is growing in you. Right? It's not complicated. It's really not complicated. If you're going to heaven, there's going to be an increase of an appetite for praise. And you can't control that. It's not like, you're, okay, tomorrow I'm going to add a little bit more layers. No, you can't. It's just something that God does by the Holy Spirit that you just begin to, like, mm, you're going towards that praise. If you, if you don't feel you're going to that praise, that's a, that's a cause for alarm. Say again, we don't go by our feelings. We don't say, Well, today, I mean, there's some days I don't feel like that. <laughs> there's some days I don't feel like Psalm 150. But as a whole, as a whole, there seems to be a movement, spiritually speaking, towards this state in us. And so there's something about praise begins uh, to take a greater and greater place in our lives. Amen. So so we can we can just okay. That's where we're going. Now, Psalm 150 is going to answer seven questions. Now, I said last week, I gave, it, I gave you those seven questions. I'm going to do one more thing for you. I'm going to give you the answers to those seven questions. All right, so let's go to the first one. The first, the first question, what is the ultimate eschatological reality? What the last state? Psalm 150 is going to give us the ultimate reality, the final thing. So study Psalm 150. And you'll know what, the, what God is, is, is going to end up doing. So the first thing is, what's the ultimate reality? Praise. That's it. Just praise. Second of all, who is the ultimate object of this praise? Right? Um, pr praise the Lord. 
right? So let's just um, praise the Lord. Right, thirdly, question number three, what is the ultimate place that this reality, where is the place of this, the, the climax of this reality, where is it going to take place? In the sanctuary, right? Now, I wanted to deal with this. I don't have time. So, when we gather together, do you understand the meaning when we gather together? All of this is happening in the place that he calls sanctuary. Is, is hell going to be a sanctuary? No. It's a very well-defined place. It's a sanctuary. What are we in the spirit? What are we in the spirit? What are we? A sanctuary. Do you know when we gather together? I'm shocked sometimes at how many people don't realize that when, when you enter into this place in the gathering, how incredibly meaningful and important that is. Because we are echoing something of ultimate reality when we gather. Amen? So that's the place, all right? Question number four, um, what is the ultimate reason for this eschatological prayer? There are many reasons. There are many reasons that God gives us to praise him. But in Psalm 150, we're given one. Praise him for what? For his mighty deeds. There's going to be, um, it's interesting, it doesn't say praise him for who he is. Yeah, that's a, that's a valid place for that. But in Psalm 150, that's not what it says. Uh, on that day, we're going to be so overwhelmed by what God has done. <laughs> right? There's just, just something that for his mighty deeds. Praise him for his mighty deeds. What's the ultimate standard? Question number five. What is the ultimate standard of this eschatological praise? We're going to praise him according to his Excellent greatness. Ah, oh, that makes that that's really encouraging to me. Because I don't know about you, I feel that my praise falls so beneath the greatness of God. Right? It's just something that we're we're in the flesh, and so I grieve often. I you can find myself sobbing sometimes because I feel that my praise lacks his greatness, right? On that day, there will be no grieving. There is going to be, a, we're going to be fitted with a new body. We're going to be fitted with a whole new faculty, right, right? And we're going to praise God according to, in agreement with his excellent greatness that God himself will say you've praised me according to my excellent greatness uh, that to me is mind-boggling that is mind-boggling that our what Christ has accomplished in redemption amen what Christ has has made possible for us 
that we're not going to just carry ourselves. Oh, God, you're so awesome. But the best I can say is hallelujah, hallelujah. Is that it? No, you are more worthy of that. Amen? And on that day, we're going to praise him according to his excellent greatness. Amen? And, all, you know, may God give us a glimpse sometimes of that, right, that we can praise God according to his excellent greatness. Sixthly, oh, man, what is the manner that we're going to praise God in that eschatological age? In what manner? Oh, this one is awesome. I want to spend time on this one. In that, right, in that ultimate state, we're talking about ultimate state. We're talking about that last reality. When all has been fulfilled, God's perfect plan has been accomplished, we are actually walking and living in the, all the perfection that Christ accomplished for us. In that age, in what manner will you praise God? <laughs> Psalm 150, praise him with what? Trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. What's missing from that? Huh? Voice. Why is voice missing? Why does it say, you know, praise him with your voice? <laughs> Why is it instrumental, intensely instrumental? Well, as a musician, you get a little bit of a glimpse of this. <laughs> you get a little glimpse of this. What do instruments do? They what? They back up the voice. They elevate the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, you can hear somebody play, singing something, but then when the orchestra comes in, it's like, whoa, this is. <laughs> I mean, th there's just something about instrumentation that elevates, <laughs> right? And you're like, it's not just your voice, but there's, a, there's an expansion. Hallelujah. Amen? Every one of us, I believe, are going to have an instrument. <laughs> right? I think I might have six. <laughs> Be like, ding, 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 pop, whoa, go running here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You know, you know, I, it, but but it's like God is worthy to be praised. Like like you know, it's not like ding ding, you know, little, little ding 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 ding. It's okay, but no, we <laughs> we need something more, right? I think I, there's going to be an explosion of instrumentation in the spirit world that is going to make the greatest James Horner's orchestra look feel like. <laughs> it's like, like, like nothing. Now, shouldn't we be, when we come to praise God, what do you guys think? 
<laughs> I'm here playing the guitar. Sometimes I say, Kelly, get the, get the Kelly, get the tambourine, get the tambourine, Kelly. <laughs> I can't tell you that, that happened to me today. I was like, Kelly, I'm, I'm trying to like teleconnectedly, Kelly, get the tambourine, get the tambourine. <laughs> right? You want instruments, you want sound, you want blasting, you want clashing cymbal, right? You want that there's something in the spirit that earns, uh, I want more, I want more, I want, right? <laughs> Amen? God is not this, you know, there, there's no funeral music in heaven. <laughs> you know, there, there, there's a joy that's you know, instruments, these kinds of instruments, and particularly these kinds of instruments, are what kind of music? Festival music. Festive. Trumpet. Loud, right? It's not like a procession. You can have music for your music for a funeral procession. It's not going to be like that. <laughs> right? It's going to be festival music. So pray that God would... Know, Ryan and I talk about this. So <laughs> you know, then leaving now, I want, I want, I want more. I want a piano player. I want a bass player. Why? Not just to make, because God is worthy. He's worthy. Amen. So the manner sounds loud, and some people need to be corrected because they think that God, church music should be like. Now there's a moment for that. Praise God. There are moments for. Worship. It's amazing. It's almost history. It's praise music, not worship music. And you might say, what's the difference? Well, there's an adoration, but praise is it's, it's a climax of joy. It doesn't mean that we won't worship. It just means that there's something about pr- this praise. We've been talking about God's pleasure. We're gonna, we're gonna, we'll hopefully we'll come full circle next week. But this praise is going to be at the heart of God's pleasure. <laughs> God's just insisting. And he's just, just going to like, I mean, can you And Jesus sitting on his throne saying, it's worth it, Father. <laughs> right? Sitting on the, on the throne. And then fi- final question is, who are, who are the ultimate participants? So go home. I, I wish I, w- I was hoping to kind of hit these things, but I'm just giving you a little snippet. Um, who are the ultimate? Who's going to be involved in this praise? Everything that has breath. Everybody, every single living thing will be involved in this. Amen? Well, today... I'm going to go back to the second question. So let's go to the second question, let's start, and, and we're going to finish this up. Um, I gave you, I, ju- I wanted to give you just a, a breakdown, of this, but let's, let, I want to finish the second question. Last week, we took up what is the ultimate eschatological reality? Praise. Today, we're going to ask the question, who is the ultimate object of this praise? And we already did this, most of this, but I want to I get to one thing. All right, the ultimate object of this praise is the Lord, Yahweh, not Adonai, not El Shaddai, Mm-mm. it's going to be Yahweh, and we talked about that, right? And so, so the question is, what is the meaning and significance of Yahweh? So let's go through this again quickly. Meaning, first of all, and I'm not going to go through all this again. First of all, Yahweh is going to make a distinction. He's going to make a distinction from all the other gods in the nations. 
All right, in, in Exodus 5.1.2, afterward Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh, Thus saith Yahweh, the God of Israel, let my people go, um, that they may hold a feast to me. And but Pharaoh said, Who is Yahweh? I've never heard that name. You made that up, right? <laughs> you just made that up. And, and he did not make that up. Why? Because God revealed that name to Moses, right? In Exodus, Exodus 6, verse 2 and 3, God spoke to Moses and said to I am Yahweh. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob as El Shaddai, God Almighty, but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. So the first thing we realize is that God makes a distinction on that day. He alone will be praised. Secondly, Secondly, the name, right, the name Yahweh is going to stress uh, the absolute faithfulness of God to keep his covenant. God's gonna, God has a covenant. Now, sometimes I go through this a little quick, right? Um, um, look at Deuteronomy 7, 9, Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that Yahweh, your God, is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him. So what is the meaning? What is, at the end of the day, you, sh you should, I just want to give you this. What in the world is the meaning of the covenant between God and his people? Very, very simple. This is the meaning of the covenant. So you go write this down, you know, just keep that. So when you see covenant in the Old Testament, you know, pe some people can have different ideas what that means, what is going on. This is it. I mean, I'm, I could say a more, I could say more, but this is it. God's saying, I will be your God. That's the covenant. I will be your God. What does that imply? That not everybody, right? God is not the God of everybody. Look at, look at Exodus, um, Exodus 6, verse 7 and 8. Exodus 6, verse 7 and 8. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God. Right? So God is basically firing the gods of the nations. You know, you, you like to worship this. He said, get him out. I'm, now I'm, now I'm going to be your God, right? It's this idea, I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burdens of the earth. You know, who start, who initiates this? Who, 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 who thought up, who is, whose ideas is this? God. He says, I will take you. God doesn't say, I'm going to ask you if you would like me to, do you like, would you like me to be your God? Yes. Well, I respect you. Okay, no problem. <laughs> God doesn't do that. God says, get out the way. I'm going to be your God. <laughs> That's it. This is God. That's how God is. And if you have a problem with that, you have a problem with God. But he comes to say, I will be your God. And you have nothing to say about it. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Praise God. Yeah, and we could be stubborn. And, and guess what? God says to us, I will be your God. And we're like, nah, but I love sports better. I love this better. <laughs> but God doesn't give up. Amen? Then he crushes sports, he crushes alcohol, crushes all the idols of our lives, right? And then we tell, I think, I think it's time, Lord, <laughs> right? He, 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 I will take you to be, and I will be your God. That's a God who speaks. That's, don't ask permission. So many people have a God who's weak. He's weak, he asks permission. No, my God doesn't ask permission. He owns a cattle by thousands, you know. And if I were hungry, he says, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even tell you that I'm hungry. Right? He's a great God. So Psalm 150 is a celebration that, number one, it's not Marduk, it's not Molech, it's God of Israel. Psalm 150 is a celebration of the faithfulness of God to keep his covenant. But, thirdly, right, the 
name of Yahweh not only makes a distinction and not only stresses the absolute faithfulness of God, but make sure you understand this one. Yahweh is going to stress God's vengeance. A lot of people, a lot of people, ooh, ooh. you know, I mean, obviously the fact that he, showed, he, he revealed himself to Moses tells you, this name is fearful. This name is awesome. It's not just that he's going to be nice. It's not just that he's going to be so kind. It's that he will be a terror. The name Yahweh guarantees he will be a terror. And you see that. Let's go to Deuteronomy 7. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keeps his commandments to a thousand generations. Verse 10. And. And what? To their faith, those who hate him by mediation. By sitting down at the table, figuring out, let's work it out. No, by destroying them. That's the name of Yahweh. Right? That sometimes we, we, don't, we don't really, right? We don't really, um, you know, we like to see, look, we like to see one side, but Paul makes it clear. Behold the kindness of God and. Anyone want to say this? <laughs> and the severity of God. That's why I love growing up in the church. All these, all these, all these verses were just in me. <laughs> Behold, Paul says, not just the kindness of God. Don't, don't be like, oh, I'm into the love of Yahweh. <laughs> I'm into the love of God. <laughs> I'm into love and his judgments are fierce. Right? We, we, we behold both. He's God. We embrace all that he is because all that he is is fantastic. Amen? He repays to their faith those who hate him by destroying them. He will not be slack with the one who hates him. He will repay him to his face. That's what the name Yahweh, that's what it means. Know therefore that Yahweh, your God, is God. I'm going to be faithful and I will repay to their face those who hate him. And so this, this is something that um, look, this is something that clearly when God reveals his name to Moses, he makes this very clear from the very beginning. Look at Exodus chapter 6. Exodus chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. But Yahweh said to Moses, now. Okay, so you have to understand, God, God is revealing his name to Moses. I'm Yahweh. I haven't revealed that before. And now God says, now. Do you see the connection? Now. Now that I've revealed my name, now, now I'm, that I'm coming out of the closet, right, as to who, uh, in the greater measure, uh, Yahweh is out. Now you will see. I, I, lo I love that. I love that. The Lord says to Moses, you're going to see. What, what, what is in the Bible, what, what, what does see signify? I've said this a hundred times in Bible studies. When we, the word to see expresses what? A fullness of experience. You're going to see. 
not just a visual thing. It's a concept. It's an idea that you're going to see. You're going to see it. You're going to experience it. Most, you are going to experience in fullness. What exactly? What 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 is he going to? Uh, what is he going to see in fullness? What is he going to see? <laughs> What? I? I mean, I love it. Do you feel feel authority in that? What I will do to Pharaoh. Do you feel the weight of that authority? I mean, mean, it's like, I don't know. You know, sometimes these revelations can can be overwhelming and Moses is there and it's just like, You're going to see what I will do to Pharaoh. You know, and in um, verse 2, God spoke to Moses and said, I am the Lord. You see that? (laughs) It's almost like he swears by his name. (laughs) I mean, I was was driving the car just laughing and crying. It's like, this is so awesome to me. He's such, right, right, like, he is such a mighty God. You know, and that's why, and sometimes I wonder, why do we go around like so, like, uh, like you know, so pathetic? When we serve a God that is so powerful, so mighty, I am the Lord. So Yahweh not only expresses, uh, expresses the vengeance of God against his enemies, but it expresses the experiential essence. Does that make sense? It's one thing to get rid of the enemy. It's another thing to get rid of the and you, you witness. <laughs> right? There's something about it. There's something, there's something about when you see the enemy with your own eyes defeated. Do, do you guys have you guys experienced that in life? Right, we can speak a lot about that, but there's something God has put in us. To see, it's not enough for God to say, God come to you and say, hey, by the way, I got rid of your enemy. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. No, the Lord says, come with me. <laughs> and then the Lord says, stay right here. <laughs> and you're, and you're, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Right? <laughs> right? There's something, there's something that we love it when God, his vengeance comes forth. <laughs> But no, we, no we, we, you know, God is a great God. I'm trying to shake you. It's okay. Because this is God's world. And the evildoers are wicked. If they don't turn to the Lord, something is coming. But the name Yahweh, not just that he's going to defeat, it's that you're going to see it. Now, well, maybe we'll touch on this next week. But there's a reason why God wants you to see it. <laughs> it's not just by, yeah, whew, I didn't know you were there. <laughs> God's not doing, he said, oh, I brought you here, and I want you to see. Why does God want us to see that? Well, Lord, I'm not a, I'm not a person of violence. You know, I'll close my eyes. <laughs> no, the Lord said, don't open them very wide. Right? <laughs> Amen? 
So Yahweh stresses not just God's vengeance. You will see. Look at Exodus 14. 27. So Moses, here we are. God has spoken to Moses. So Moses. (laughs) It's coming. I would have loved to be a fly. Oh, he's raising his hand. (laughs) And he's standing in the Egyptians are coming. So Moses, yeah, I love God. God, there's no, there's no theatrical director like God. Moses stretched out his hand. And you see. You, you sometimes wonder if somebody in the Egyptian would say, Oh, I've seen him do that before. But back up! Back up! <laughs> back up! <laughs> and the sea returned to its normal. When did it happen? In the morning. I love I love those beautiful pictures. The morning. Weeping may endure for a night, but what? Joy comes in the morning. And as the Egyptians fled into it, this is wild. <laughs> the Lord threw them into the midst of the sea. <gasps> Is this a God? He's not just passively. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you guys, so, so many people have this picture of God. Like, he's like Santa Claus who just gets upset every once in a while. <laughs> just like, no. The Lord threw the Egyptians, the Bible says, into the midst of the sea. It's almost as this picture, like, they were trying to flee seeing what's happening would be human nature you start things to collapse you're not going to be stupid so let's go march forward <laughs> the, the, the sea is, pre- is pretty when that starts stuff coming down and you're like 100 200 feet you're being like back up and somehow in that panic the lord said no you're not into the sea <laughs> i love my god amen <laughs> is he a great god when you know that kind of God and you see the evildoers, you pray for them. Why? Because God is God. God have mercy on them. Right? The Lord does it, right? The Lord is a man of war. He's a man of war. I mean, we see all the wickedness in society and we grieve. But we should have pity also. Because one day, the man of war, well, they will be faced with him. For the wrath of the Lamb of God. Right? That day is coming. Don't, don't think that the wicked are going to just revel themselves to hell. No. They, they, God, there's a day coming. When the Lord will throw them into the midst of the sea. The sea of chaos. Amen? That's why I serve God. He wins. <laughs> I want to be in the winning team. Waters returned, covered the chariots and the horsemen of all the hosts of Pharaoh that have followed him into the sea. Not, verse 28, not one of them remained. (laughs) Not one of them remained, but the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being walled to them on their right and on their left. 
Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And what did Israel do? They saw. <laughs> they saw. Now what did they see? Boots? Did they see boots and scarves and sleeves? Nope. What did they see? Oh, hair, body, nose, right? <laughs> oh, they saw the Egyptian dead. God is a great God. This is what Yahweh means. This is what Psalm 150 is, is reminding us. Praise this God. Amen. Praise this Yahweh. And verse 31, look what happened again. Verse 31. Israel what? Again, they saw the great power. Amen. Look at Deuteronomy 29. Deuteronomy 29, 2 and 3. And Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, you have seen, you have seen all that the, that the Lord, uh, all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt. You see, Yahweh means to see. And as I was preparing for this, I said, Lord, how many have seen? How many have seen or they have just heard? You've just heard what God, what God has done. You've just heard what he can do. But have you seen? Have you seen the enemies on the, on, the gr on the floor, right, figuratively speaking, when God's victory just overwhelms you? You're like, oh, God, thank you. I praise you, God, for you are giving me the victory. Have you, right, that's what it means to be a Christian. It's to experience, oh, <laughs> he did it, he did it. Amen? It's not just like, oh, one day. One, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, there ought to be a moment in life. We're not going to see it perfectly, but there ought to be moments in our lives when we're like, ha, 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 he did it. Praise the Lord, right? My enemies are God. My depression is God, right? Amen? Amen. And, and, and believe God that we will see the salvation of the Lord. Amen? Don't let the devil, you know, put labels on you. This is the way I am. This is the way, this is what. You know, yeah, we don't, we don't deny that reality that things people go through. But the greatest reality that you have is that you are in Christ. And that he's, he's overcome Pharaoh. And he doesn't say, uh, you, you, you will see what I will do to the commanders of Pharaoh. No, to Pharaoh himself. I mean, that's power, power. <laughs> it's like, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm picking the toughest guy in the block, and I'm going to beat him up. Amen. You know, and, um, that name, 
proclaims the absolute, absolute victory of God over Satan. Not only as a fact in history, but as a living experience in your life and in my life. And if we don't have that, you know, we've got to press on. Don't, don't let the devil, well, you've never seen it. No, press on in faith. Press on. Let's believe God. We're entering into a time where we have to pray demonic powers and, and really relieve God that he can shake it. Right? Because people are just oppressed by the devil on all sides. So we got to pray. Pray for the kids. When we minister to the kids, lay hands on them. Say, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we bring healing and, and grace to this mind. Not because of you, because of what Christ has done. Amen? See, Jesus, when Jesus came, he came to fulfill that name, Yahweh. And we catch a little glimpse. We catch a little glimpse of him. Right? Because all that's happening in the Old Testament is now going to be fulfilled in Jesus. But we're just, we're just getting these beautiful narratives, these historical narratives that have so much glorious meaning in Jesus Christ. So we see, you know, and with this we end. Go to Luke 10, Luke 10. Luke 10, verse 17. The 70. We'll bring, we'll, co- we'll, we'll bring this up also next week, Lord willing. They return with joy, saying, Lord, <laughs> even the demons are subject to us in your name. Right? And in that hour, the Bible says, and he said to them, That's the seeing of Yahweh. I saw Satan falling. You know, the the tense of the verb is like, I was seeing Satan fall. Because Yahweh is now present in person to fulfill all that that name means. Amen? And that Satan is, is falling. Amen? He's the, that's why he's the ultimate object of praise. You know, let me encourage you with Psalm 37, 9, 10. For the evildoers shall be cut off. Do you have evildoers in your life? Do you have things in your life that you don't? I want, I want to encourage you. Don't give in to the lies of Satan that things are going to remain like that forever. No, they will not remain like that. You hold on to faith. Evildoers shall be cut off. An evildoer could be a person, it could be an, an ailment, it could be a, a wicked power that's harassing you, can't sleep, you know, you're stressed out, right? All that stuff is reality that we face. Evildoers shall be cut up, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit that land. Amen? In just a little while, verse 10, how long? Just a little while. You might say, oh, it feels long, it feels like forever. No, it's just a little while. The wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully, has the Lord ever delivered you of something? And then something starts up again. Oh, I think it's that. You ever done that? And then you look for it. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. <laughs> I, 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 try, I look. I thought, you know, the, the enemy comes to us. Right? He delivers you from oppression. He delivers you from depression. And then um, you have one day, you, you're not feeling good. And then guess what the devil says? Oh. I got you again. And you start looking for that. But he says on that day, he will not be there. Amen? 
because the, the victory is, is certain. In what ways are you seeing, experiencing the victory of Christ? Let's, let's stand. Let's stand. In what ways are you seeing or experiencing the victory of Christ over your enemies? Are there ways? I want to encourage you. God wants you to see. Yahweh, when we praise the Lord in Psalm 150, Yahweh means that we're, we're not only going to... Um, Right? He's not only going to be faithful to the covenant, but because he's faithful to the covenant, he's going to destroy our enemies. He's going to destroy them. And God wants you to experience his name in some form, meaning that there's deliverance. There's, there's things that the Lord is doing in your life, not maybe big things that some, someone else, everybody's, but there are things in your life that you can say, yes, I'm seeing God at work. I'm seeing his deliverance. I'm seeing, right? Because if we don't have that, you know, our faith will, will not stand. It will stand on our own wisdom and not on the power of God. And we got to be returned to that kind of faith that says, no, Satan, I know what my eyes are seeing, but you are defeated. Amen. Right? We got to come back to, like, more than just quoting, like, stuff that we may not even possibly believe. We got to believe God, and we're going to see the victory, not in its totality. Don't get me wrong. While we are here on this earth, we will always fight an enemy. There will always be ground to conquer. But that does not mean that you cannot experience times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. And we got to be honest with ourselves. How much of that are we experiencing? And so I want to take a moment. I'm going to sing a song, give an opportunity to, for the Lord um, we're going to sing that song, Victory Belongs to Jesus. And I want you to close your eyes and just, um, are you experiencing that victory? Or do you need encouragement? And I just want to encourage us. Let's be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He's a great God. Get into the scriptures. Let him inform your understanding of who God is. And then stand against the wicked one. So let's sing that song. You can come up. Victory belongs to Jesus. Who can stand against the Lord? No one. No one will Who can stand against the king No one can No one will Oh Oh Victory belongs to Jesus Victory belongs to him. Oh, 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 victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to him. Who can stand? Who can stand against the Lord? No one can. No one will. 
Hallelujah. Who can stand against the king? No one can. No one will. Oh, oh, oh. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to him. Oh, oh, oh. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to him. We put our trust in you. We put our hope in you. We put our trust. We put our trust in you. We put our hope in you. You will deliver. You're a provider. I find my victory in you. Ever victorious, forever we win. I find my victory in you. You will deliver. You're a provider. I find my victory in you. Forever victorious, forever we win. I find my victory in you. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to him. 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 Take it. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to him. 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 I want to pray. I want to take a moment. If you're struggling with anything, the body of Christ is here. We want to pray for you. If you're struggling with anything, that you just need the body of Christ to come alongside of you. I want to just um, offer the moment now to say, come on, help us. We'll pray for you. And we want to encourage your faith. And if there's anybody here that's just experiencing, you know, it's just a battle. I can't overcome something. I'm trying, but I'm it just, it's just, I don't know what to do at this point. I want, I want, I want to encourage you. God is here. Give a moment for you to kind of reflect. That's you. You might come up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, you're here. You're here, oh God. You're here, my King. You're here to save. You're here to deliver. Oh, Father, we want to leave you. We want to leave you moments and time to minister your grace and power to your people, Lord. 
We need your grace. We need to see your victory, Lord. We need to see, oh God, your victory in our lives so that we can be encouraged in our faith, so that our faith will not stand on the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. And so today, Lord, we come before you, Lord, and we're asking you to come and just minister grace today. Hallelujah. And if you want to just come and pray for one another, I want to encourage, let's, let's just pray. Let's pray and ask God. Let's intercede for one another. And let's just lay your hand on them and, and let's believe God. God wants to use you today to, to just minister his grace upon the lives of those who are, have come up to the front. Hallelujah. We give you praise, oh God, my King. Oh, we give you glory. Just pray. Faith is not about you. It's not about anyone here. It's about God being present among his people to minister, to, to give grace, and to strengthen every heart. Hallelujah. We bless your name, my King. Hallelujah. We give you glory, my Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for those who've come up. Oh, God, you see the battles that they're facing. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for every one of these that are here, oh God, that, that there would be a release, oh God, that something of the power of God would just, Lord, just come forth, oh God, through your people, Lord, to those who are being prayed for, so they could go home, Lord, with a, a sense that they've seen, they've seen your victory, they've seen, oh God, Lord, a, a, Lord something, an evidence of your grace. And so, God, today, do it, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Do it, Lord God. Do it in your glorious name. Bring healing. Bring freedom in the name of Jesus. We come against every power of darkness. Lord, we know, God, Satan has been defeated, not because of us, but because of what Jesus has done. Hallelujah. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, grant today much victory, much freedom in the mighty name of Jesus. We proclaim that name. Hallelujah. We proclaim that name over every person here at the altar. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name, oh God. We give you praise, my God. We give you glory. We bless your name. We give you glory, my King. Minister your power today. Minister your grace, oh God. You have overcome, Lord. You have overcome, oh God. You have overcome, my King. We declare your victory. We declare your triumph, oh God. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. You, you have overcome, Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord God Almighty. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be exalted here. Let the name of the Lord, hallelujah. Let your name be exalted, my King. Blessed be your name. Oh God, minister your grace today. We magnify your name, Jesus. Come Holy Spirit, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray, oh God. Hallelujah, we give you glory. We magnify the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We bless your name. We bless you, Jesus. Oh God, do a work. Do a work in this place, Lord. Do a work in this place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Blessed be your name. We magnify your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we, oh God, we can be of good cheer, Lord, in the world. We will have tribulation, but we can be of good cheer. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Let's put our hands together and clap to the, God, to the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You will deliver. You're a provider. I find my victory in you. Forever victorious. Forever we win. I find my victory in you. You will deliver. You will deliver. You're a provider. I find my victory in you. Forever victorious. Forever we win. I find my victory in in you. Let's declare it. The victory belongs to Jesus. The victory belongs to him. The victory belongs to Jesus. The victory belongs to him. The victory belongs to Jesus. The victory belongs to him. The victory belongs to Jesus. The victory belongs to him. Victory belongs to Jesus. 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 Victory belongs to Him. Hallelujah. Oh, God, our hearts cry out, Jesus, for, for your people, Lord, to experience your grace and your power. It's real, Jesus. And I just pray, God, today that you would, um, th there will be a marked difference in the lives of every one of us this week, oh, God. Something of the goodness and the presence of God in our midst. Lord, something of the understanding of who our great God is in Jesus Christ. You're no wimp. You're not a Lord. You're not a wimp. You are the Lord. And so, God, we come against everything that Satan would come against us to discourage us and to, Lord, put our minds in the dump and, and become critical and all kinds of negative things. God, we pray that, Father, we would have a, a different mindset this week and to accept the things that you've given us as your pleasure for our good that we can rejoice in the Lord always. Lord, that we can bless the Lord at all times. His praise be continually in our mouth. And so help us to be a church that would walk in the reality of that. And so thank you for all that you've done, Jesus. Thank you. Continue to draw us. Continue to compel us, Lord, to walk before you in the land of the living. And so we thank you, God. We thank you. Thank you for all that you've done, Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Blessed be your name, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. I just pray for this people, Lord. We want to be a people, Lord, just, Lord, just be, just be willing to do whatever you ask, oh God, and to go wherever you ask, and to do whatever you, Lord, we just want to relinquish, God, all of our expectations, that we could be a light in this community, Lord, that we could be a place where people are set free. So many people in bondage, so many people, Lord God, that you would use us to be a light. That you would be glorified through this church. That every member here would just be filled with your Holy Spirit and go out, God, confidently in the Lord, believing, Lord, that you're going to see, we're going to see enemies, Lord, defeated, not just in our own lives, but in the lives of others. And so I pray, give us that kind of heart. And so I thank you, Jesus, to continue to Draw us, Lord, draw us, oh God, in these days. That we would, Lord, just rest upon all that you have done. And that we would rejoice, oh God. We have so much reason to rejoice. Lord, thank you so much for all that you've done, Father. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. The Lord bless you. Go in the Lord's grace. Amen. Don't, don't let the enemy rob you of what God's done in your life today. Let's go forward in the name of the Lord. Let's face those giants, but God goes with us. Amen. Have a wonderful afternoon. If I don't see you, come out to Good Shepherd tonight and continue slaying some giants. Amen. Amen. God bless you.